listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. Welcome to another episode of the Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. I don't even know where to begin today. We could begin with Tom Thibodeau. We could begin about the players. We could talk about the Knicks-Hawks game. Talk about the upcoming game. We could talk about Kyrie Irving getting suspended in Brooklyn. We're probably going to get to all of these topics. I assure you, throughout today's show, that's exactly what we're going to get to talking about. All of these topics. But I want to start with the recent losses. That's where I want to go today. I want to start there. Because it's great when the Knicks are winning. We have a lot of good things to say when the Knicks are winning. Me, I like to stay more or less serious throughout all games. I'll call it like I see it. I'll talk about the good. I'll talk about the bad. And I'll talk about the indifferent. Over the last couple of games that we've lost, I've seen a lot of bad. A lot of bad. There are a couple of things that I could, you know, talk about. I could talk about R.J. Barrett. I could talk about players. I could talk about Tom Thibodeau. Do you want to know a couple of the main reasons why we've lost the last few games? It's something that I've been saying since the start of the season. Closing out on shooters. The New York Knicks guard the paint pretty well. And they guard three, not so well. Every single person for the last couple of days before the game against Atlanta kept saying to me that the Knicks were a good three-point defending team. And I wondered why they said that. The Knicks more or less defend the three pretty well. If you're just looking at statistics, I believe it's you know 24, 25% before the Hawks game. So if you just look at stats, you'd think, yeah, the Knicks are great at defending the three. Eh, wrong. We're not. We haven't been. Not last year. Certainly not this year. The theme for me this year has been close out on shooters. I would not have created that theme if the Knicks were even somewhat decent at defending the three. They're not. That's why I said it. You have to close out on shooters. You have to defend the three. The way to do that is to play man-on-man defense against the teams that are going to kill you from three. I don't know, like the Cavs, for instance, the best three-point shooting team in the league. Another reason that the Knicks were terrible the last couple games has been lack or late adjustments. What do I mean by that? Let's talk about the Hawks game, since it was just so recent. By the way, if you guys didn't catch the game, the New York Knicks lost that game 112 to 99. We didn't even break 100 against the Hawks in a game that we led by as much as 23 points. We not only let that go, 
But in the third quarter, where I couldn't think a, a quarter could not be worse than the 15 points we scored against the Cavs in the fourth quarter of the previous game, I didn't think I could see another bad quarter. And then we get to the third quarter against the Hawks, where we score only 10 points and allow them to score 37. And that is what destroyed the game and led to the Hawks beating us, cruising by us, even without Trey Young for some of the second half. This is what we this is what we allowed. This is what happened. Why? Coaching adjustments or lack thereof coaching adjustments, I should say. Because either Tom Thibodeau made the adjustment that we needed and put in the guys that we wanted didn't happen or didn't think in the moment to make a critical decision that could have helped us maintain that lead or help it from slipping away. Blame it on the players. Talk about RJ Barrett and we'll get to him. Talk about Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, whoever you want. At the end of the day, defensive schemes, rotations, players, and minutes are all controlled by who? Who are those things controlled by? Does Julius Randle get to call his number and show up whenever he wants? No. That decision is a coaching decision. That decision has a lot to do with who is your leader as a coach. And currently, that bill it's Tom Thibodeau and he ain't got no money to pay it we've said it since last season I've been saying it throughout the offseason and I said it during preseason things look good but how long are they going to stay that way is Thibs really going to make the adjustments that we need to win games because it's all great when you're doing it during preseason it doesn't matter you're just experimenting means a whole lot more when you do it during the season when the games actually matter. And when it matters, Tom Thibodeau has showed he is going to be late or he's just not going to do any kind of adjustments. You cannot win in the NBA with that type of mindset. How long are we going to allow this? Lack of rotations only 10 men that I can use. No, only you can use 10 people, Kibbs. Only you. Modern NBA coaches know how to use their depth because they understand that is the key to winning. And you, with all the depth that you have, still started freaking Evan Fournier in the backcourt. And you said during the post game that you liked some minutes of what you saw with Fournier and Brunson. What fucking game were you watching, coach? Were you just watching the first quarter? Were you just watching the offense? Because some people like to watch both, offense and defense. Some people like to understand who they're going up against. Trey Young, Deontay Murray. Jalen Brunson and Evan Fournier? You couldn't try to RJ at the two? And maybe put Cam at the three, maybe? 
You couldn't have tried Quentin Grimes maybe for a few? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You want to wait till the fourth quarter when it doesn't matter anymore to bring in Quentin Grimes and then have the freaking audacity at the podium after the game to say, oh, you look good in limited minutes. Situational, huh? That's what it's about. Situational minutes, right? Situational might as well mean street clothes because that means you are the odd man out of that rotation. You know who else is situational? Miles McBride, Jericho Sims. Those guys are situational. When's the last time you've seen any one of them? Exactly. Situational might as well mean street clothes when it comes to Tom Thibodeau. I don't want to hear any of that bullshit. Dibs is not the sole owner of all this blame, but I'll be damned if he doesn't get some of this venom right here. You think I'm going to let this man slide again? What excuse does he have to keep sliding? He didn't know he was going to play the Hawks? He didn't know that that backcourt was one of the best backcourts in the league currently? What excuse would you like me to give Tom Thibodeau? What, what else? Doesn't have a full roster? People are injured? Too many defensive people on the other team, so we don't have enough people who can defend? RJ Barrett's not taking a leap. At the end of the day, there's blame to go around. There's blame to spread. But it starts, for me, with that head coach, Tom Thibodeau. Twice. Two quarters now. The Knicks have scored under 20 points. While the other team has run rampant on us, scoring 30-plus. And nobody wants to talk about it? I'm done, bro. Done. Tom Thibodeau. As far as I'm concerned, your job is currently on the line. Make some adjustments. Do some things right. And let me see what you have. Because if you don't, might as well just sign your release papers now and let Johnny Bryant come aboard and take ownership of this team be the leader and the coach that this team needs to succeed and if you can't be that coach then what are we doing here if you, any nick fans have a problem with what i said or found a falsehood in what i said comment below at me on twitter Shout me out somewhere. Let's have a conversation. Because if you're watching this Knicks team right now and you're not upset with Tom Thibodeau, you are not watching the game. Simple as that. Let's talk about those players. Because we got to talk about them. It's inevitable. I'm going to start with it because I'm not going to spend too much time on R.J. Barrett, but I would be crazy if I didn't start speaking about him. I don't care if he hit a couple threes in the first quarter. I don't care if he defends for 24 minutes. I don't care if some nights that stupid throw-up shot to the glass goes in. I don't care. R.J. Barrett 
has done nothing, nothing extraordinary or excelled in any specific category this season that makes me happy. Please, God, do not say free throw. How many free throws has RJ Barrett even taken thus far for you to even say free throw to me? Because of the two clutch free throws he hit to help us win the other game a couple of games ago? That's what you're going to refer to? He's done nothing extraordinary, nothing better than any other particular thing that he's doing right now. His stats look eerily similar to his first year. And you're okay with that. Nick fans are okay with this. Nick fans are telling me to calm down, to relax. It's only a few games. He gets off the slow starts. I believe in RJ. He's going to do it. The fuck? You mental? Do you love a player so much that you can't understand the talk about or see fault? He has been widely ineffective, non-impactful. And I have people on Twitter arguing with me, telling me that I'm going too hard on RJ Barrett. I love RJ Barrett. I think he can become an all-star. I don't know how many times I can say this about the kid, but I will be damned if you think I'm not going to say what I would say about Reddish, about Randall, about Quickly. If you're going to say that I'm not going to talk about those guys and I'm going to pr protect RJ, that's not what you're going to say about me. I call it like I see it, right down the middle. I don't got no favorites. I love RJ, but if he fucks up, I'm going to say it. Cam Reddish, same thing. He fucks up, I'm going to say it. IQ, same damn thing. I love this team. And I don't like to see them lose. I want to see them win. I want to win every game. It's not realistic, though. And when we don't, you got to point out the issues. Because that's how you're going to improve. That's how you're going to grow. I don't want to hear RJ Barry gets off the slow starts. How many more slow starts are you going to give him? 20? 30? 50? After all-star break? When is too much too much? When is too long too long? For me, it's about 10 games you got before it's really bad. Preseason, regular season. He's had enough games, folks. You're okay with RJ Barrett doing this? You're not going to hate on him at all. You're not going to criticize him at all. You're okay with R.J. Barrett giving you this type of performance. It's ridiculous. He hasn't played well. He's been one of the poorer players for the Knicks on the field, and that's on a court shared with Evan Fournier. That says something. R.J., Enough with the slow starts. You got to get it going. It's ridiculous. Year four, bro. Year four. We could talk a little bit about Julius Randle. Look, Julius Randle's been looking great throughout this entire season. I think he had a really bad game against the Hawks. There were times where he just didn't defend, gave up on plays, looked, you know, gassed or 
just exhausted or just didn't want to be there. So I saw a little bit of that. I didn't like that. Randall definitely needs to do better. He needs to keep himself in check and in control. It's not always going to be his night. It's not always going to be something that he wants. And when those things happen, he has to do all the other things that help the Knicks team win. Because doing what he did the other night ain't going to get it done. I promise you that. It just won't. It can't. You know, Brunson has been up and down. Let's be real about that. Okay? I'm not going to say too much about Brunson yet uh, because he's been so good and so elite for this Knicks team. And he's been the leader that the Knicks deserve. And I like what Brunson has shown in limited time. Because I, I, I at least think that Brunson has shown a lot more positives than negatives, in my opinion. However, let me just say this about Brunson. And I'll leave it at that. If you have questions about this, you can comment it you know, in the comment section below. We saw Brunson against Ja. We saw him against Trey Young. We saw him against Drew Holiday. Brunson is elite. Without question, Brunson is elite. Trey, Ja, and Drew are all-stars. Or the absolute potential to be an all-star. That's the difference. And that is what you see when he goes up against these type of guards. You don't know what I'm talking about? Watch the highlights. With a bright spot, I want to start talking about Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly, slowly, but definitely has gotten better. He had a career-high rebounds the other game. What was it, 17 bounds, 16 bounds, something like that. Some crazy, crazy stat he had. As a guard, it's crazy for guards to get that many rebounds. It's pretty impressive. So I am pretty happy that he's gotten that many rebounds. His shot looks a little better. He's not out of control. He's looked like he's taking more controlled and, you know, efficient shots. So his shot selection got better which seems to help this game. His defense is very good. I would say the way he plays the passing lanes is pretty impressive. You know, he's not lengthy by any means, but he's quick and he kind of knows where the ball is going. So he reads that and uses his length, any length he has, to try to make a good play. And he's been doing that. So, you know, rebounds, assists, steals, key points. Listen, I have nothing bad to say about Emmanuel quickly at this point. You could say what you want to say with him. You could say that, you know, he's a little bit more ball dominant than you like. He looks for his shots more than other people. You can say that. And I get and that's true. It's not wrong. But it looks like he's cleaning up those behaviors. And if you're not encouraged by what quickly is showing you at this point, I don't know what's going to get you encouraged. He's passing the ball more. He's not shooting as much. Taking better shots. Controlled shots. Efficient shots. And he's rebounding like crazy. He's doing the things you want from your guard off the bench to do. I don't have any problem with Quickly at this point in time. As far as I'm seeing it, Quickly is one of the bright spots that I saw in the Hawks game. And that what I've been seeing for the last few games, Quickly has actually been a bright spot. So shout out to Emmanuel Quickly. I dogged you a lot for what you were doing with that ball in preseason. That one of the worst preseason games I've seen from you in terms of not passing and not getting Cam involved in the offense and 
you know, kind of just really only looking for your own shot and nobody else. Ever since that game, you've turned it around and you've been a lot better. So IQ. Bravo, man. I'm very happy and proud of you. I'm proud of the game that you're displaying and what you're showing. And I can't wait to see it continue. Bravo to IQ. One of the only bright spots that I can really talk about from the Knicks standpoint as of yesterday's game. Because there really wasn't many to go off of. So here's some final thoughts about what we saw in the last few games. And we'll just recap here. No pun intended. The Knicks lost and have been losing games because of a couple of reasons. Three main ones. Lack or late adjustments. Not closing out on shooters. And one particular aspect that I didn't mention, which was more of a concern last game, but not throughout the losing type of games that we've been having turnovers like what the hell are we doing with the ball we were pretty good with turnovers for the most part but then in yesterday in the third quarter i think we had 10 turnovers in the third quarter the most turnovers that we had in any quarter since the season started that's a crazy amount of turnovers to happen and another reason that we lost that third quarter 37 to 10 Deontay Murray stealing the ball from us six times also hurt as well. He didn't do it all six in, you know, in that quarter. But over the course of a game, six steals, those are momentum breakers. He was doing it like it was nothing. He saw the ball and took it whenever he wanted. That's how it felt. And watching the game as a Knicks fan when you were up 23 and just seeing that, of course I was pissed. I didn't even, I didn't even want to do a post game yesterday because of how pissed I was how much energy and devotion I gave to this team. I watched that entire game and I was demolished after giving my energy into that game and just getting back what I got back. I don't know how some of you came on and was able to talk about it because I just couldn't do it. It drained me. And I couldn't bring myself to talk about it. And again, it happened right after, it was the second time it happened after it happened the first time against the Cavs. I just saw that. You made me live through that again so I can see it again? The first time wasn't good enough, so you wanted to make it even worse by scoring less? It was, a, it was an embarrassment. If you were part of that, and th that third quarter, and you saw that happen, you should be embarrassed. It was an embarrassment to watch. Must have been an embarrassment to play. And guess what, coach? It's an embarrassment for a coach in this day and age to let that happen. Just unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Unbelievable. I just can't even, I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm so flabbergasted by all of this. It's, I don't even know what to say. So those are the reasons why the Knicks have been losing these last few games. You want to stop losing? Correct that shit. Plain and simple. I want to talk about it really quickly. It's not Knicks related, but it does have to do with the NBA. Kyrie Irving. Boy, oh boy. Listen, I'm not going to say what he did. It's a Nets thing. I don't want to sully the Knicks with that. Go search it up. A lot of, you know, anti-Semitism. Kyrie is off his rocker, man. I don't know why you couldn't even fake an apology or fake to be genuine. How hard is it to say, I'm really sorry about what I did and I'll never do it again? How hard is it to say that? 
You really want to stand on this, Kai? You want to stand on this? They already suspended you at least five games, and that's if you do the objectives that they gave you. Knowing Kyrie, how, how well do you think he's going to do those objectives? Given the fact that today, all he was supposed to do was acknowledge the fact that he was remorseful for what he said. Couldn't even do that. So you think he's going to go through a list of objectives to fill and finish and follow before he gets back to playing? You think the money matters that much to him? He sat out a whole season, basically, last year for COVID and the vaccine. He was standing on a principle. Is this a principle for Kyrie? I don't know. Is he going to stand on it? <laughs> I don't know. But what I do know is he's not going to be available when the Knicks play the Nets. As a Knicks fan, it's if you're, look, if you're going to the game, it probably sucks because you don't get to see the masterclass of Kyrie Irving. As a Knicks fan who wants to win every game, it's a freaking great thing because one of the best point guards in the league is not going to be playing. So, yeah, that's great for the Knicks as a Knicks fan if you're looking at it from that perspective. But from the league perspective, as an NBA, this went on way too long. Kyrie should have been suspended the second he didn't say anything bad about what he did. He was given multiple opportunities. The man didn't do anything. The New York Knicks next game is against the 76ers that game is on friday at 7 p.m eastern time that game is not gonna have james harden who suffered a foot injury and it's going to be out for at least a month and it could be longer if you know there's delays in rehab or they want to slow play him and slow get him along or Whatever the case may be. I think it might be due to whatever Philly's record is at the time. I think you can't slow play him back if you're losing. But if you're winning, I think you could potentially slow play him back. However, as a Knicks fan, I'm pretty happy. James Harden was on a tear. And that pick and roll between him and Joel Embiid is freaking phenomenal. Say what you want to say about Harden. Say what you want to say about Embiid. Say what you want to say about their start. That team can play. And when they're on, they are extremely hard to beat. So not having James Harden there for this game on Friday against the Sixers is huge. It takes one all-star caliber player away from that team and allows us to focus on the other players like Harris like uh, Joel Embiid. And we're going to need everyone to stop Joel Embiid, especially Mitchell Robinson. Now, Joel shoots the three, so Mitch is going to be pulled out there quite a bit, and the paint's going to be open a little bit. We have to be mindful of that. So because of that, I would absolutely not mind seeing some double teams thrown at Embiid or have Mitch guard him in the, in the paint and at the three-point line, let Randall take him. And if he passes Randall, let um, Mitch take him. Or play a couple of bigs. Oh, what am I talking about? We're not going to play Hartenstein and Mitch together. That would be a coaching adjustment. We know Thibs is not going to do a coaching adjustment. We know he's going to put Fournier out there again. We know he's not going to put Grimes out there till the last four minutes. What was I thinking? Sorry, folks. I forgot who our coach was. It's not Johnny Bryant. It's Tom Thibodeau. He's not going to do an adjustment. I'm crazy. 
my apologies. We're going to run the same exact starting unit and we're going to use Mitch and Mitch is going to get pulled out to the three and the paint's going to be open and then shake Middleton or, you know, Melton or whoever their guards are, Seth Curry, whoever they're, oh, Seth Curry's not there anymore. Actually, I forgot he's in Brooklyn now. He's been injured so long. I forgot either way. You know what I'm talking about. One of their guards is just going to go off on us because the paint's going to be open. And it's going to be because Mitch keeps getting pulled to the three-point line because of Joel Embiid. And it's also going to be because we're not going to make the right rotations in order to stop Philly. The Knicks can win this game. Harden being gone from the Philly lineup right now is a huge reason why the Knicks can win this game. But they are not going to win if Tom Thibodeau cannot get his shit together. The players need to get their shit together. RJ needs to get his shit together. Randall needs to wake the fuck up at times. Brunson needs to understand that he can control himself and play with pace and not try to just get the bucket because we just got scored on. He can play with a little bit more control and pace and understand that he can still get it back whenever he wants. Because again, JB, I truly believe, can get anything he wants whenever he wants. Tom Thibodeau, you're not excluded from this conversation. You got to step up and you need to do something else. You got to do something different. You got to show me you know that you have this type of lineup and this type of depth and you have to use it, especially when it's matchup dependent. I am not going to sit here for 50 to 60 more games of you running through and burning out this starting lineup for us to be mediocre and for you to make a lack of adjustments and for us to blow more and more leads, it's ridiculous. If your starting unit is not giving you anything and the other opposing team has closed your lead and has now exceeded you by a couple of points, bench all of them. Get the bench unit in there and let's see what happens. We need to make statements to this locker room. If you're not playing well, you're not playing. If you're not defending well, you're not playing. Dibs, what happened to you, man? Where are you? Where is Coach Thibodeau? Where is this defense? Where is this accountability? You can pull Obi five seconds in if he misses a three and shoots one because he's mildly open, but Randall can shoot 50, miss half of them, and still be in. RJ can miss all of them and still play the whole game. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. I'm done, guys. I have nothing else to say. I can't speak about it anymore because if I speak about the Knicks and this team anymore, it's not going to be about the team. It's going to be about Tom Thibodeau, and I'm going to shoot even more venom at this man. I can't do it. I'm done. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. I really appreciate you guys rocking with me. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us. Unless you're Tom Thibodeau, in which case, please don't fucking follow me because I'm too pissed off right now to even want to see you on my feed. Appreciate you guys. Until next time, peace.
listen to new episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday.